Just a reminder, guys, this episode of GAWP is brought to you by Capital Wrestling. Don't forget that Capital Wrestling will be running its fourth TV taping on October 14th in Hoboken, New Jersey. Come and see an amazing double main event that features the wrestling god Anthony Gangone versus the bad apple Matt McIntosh. Also, the pride of Jersey City, Sonny Kiss, goes one-on-one with the champion of the 1%, Logan Easton LaRue. And if that's not enough, Colossal Mike Law puts his TV title on the line against the prodigal son of the National Wrestling Alliance, Bo Crockett, and so much more. You guys want to get some exclusive deals for Capital Wrestling that you can't get anywhere else? Then head on over to tinyurl.com capital 1V, that's the Roman numeral 1V, and you can enter the promo code GAWP and receive access to special discount prices courtesy of us here at the General Mission Wrestling Podcast. Don't forget to come down to 301 Garden Street on October 14th, 7 p.m. Doors open and 8 p.m. is bell time. Do not be late and tell them that the GAWP boys sent you. You can use that promo code GAWP to save yourself a little moolah on those tickets. So go on, get some tickets, and don't forget to come to the Capitol. See you guys there. What's up, everybody? This is Wolverine, the FM Machine, Mr. GMSI himself, Brian Cage. It's time to turn it on, tune in, and join the madness. This is the Concrete Rose Sunny Kiss. Hello, this is Ricochet. This is the ace that runs the place, Ace Andrews. This is Miley. This is Joey Janela. This is Larry Legend, and you are listening to the General Admission Wrestling Podcast. Theme song. What's up, everybody? This is Wolverine, the FM Machine, Mr. GMSI himself, Brian Cage. It's time to turn it on, tune in, and join the madness. This is the Concrete Rose, Sunny Kiss. This is Ricochet. This is the ace that runs the place. Ace Andrews. This is Miley. This is Joey Janela. This is Larry Legend, and you are listening to the General Admission Wrestling Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the General Admission Wrestling Podcast, the only wrestling podcast that cuts through all the bullshit and gets right to the nitty gritty of the weird and wild world of professional wrestling, both professional and indie on a weekly basis. I am your co-host, Avenging Ben. You know who I am. And I'm the Law Ray Ramundo. <laughs> Let's welcome back again, gentlemen. I liked so. Uh, judging by the tone in your, judging by the tone in your voice tonight, Mike, I can tell 
you're not happy. Uh, would you like to give the audience a clue as to why you're in such a bad mood? Don't talk to me. Okay. For Aww, all... is Mikey a little sad he doesn't get to touch more gold? Is Mikey a it's, little pissed it's off? It's not gold, it's a fucking... For those who don't know... If, it, if it's not gold, it's because you're so pissed, Mikey. Come for on, those Mikey. who don't know what we're talking about, over the weekend, we're going to get into it, uh, WWE No Mercy happened, and for the pay-per-view predictions this time, we had two things going on. We had a number one contenders match between myself and Ray, but the main event was a one-match predictions thing between the defending champ, Matt the Daddy Koffler, and, and this guy over here, Home Milk Mike, with the stipulation that if Matt won, uh, Mike could no longer uh, defend for the champion, no longer contend for the championship as long as Matt was GAWP heavyweight champion. And, well, judging by the sound in Mike's voice, I think you can kind of tell what happened. Well, fuck, I beat you for the number one contender spot. For those who don't know, I am now the number one contender for the GAWP Heavyweight Championship. You know why I'm not, I'm not so mad? Because you guys are fucking working together. Because you guys are working together. Because you guys are working that now is not the night to be messing with the king of milk style, unfortunately. So, other than that, uh, yeah, so Ray, how's your week been? It's been good. I'm a little sore right now. Oh, would you like to tell the audience why? Well, the day was a little misty, intent, so I had to go train with Mike's old good buddy smiling. And he works my ass out. So the law's a little in pain, but I'm doing fine. How about you, Ben? How's your day going? Okay, well, if you can't hear what I'm hearing my voice right now, it's because I'm enjoying some very delicious pizza that I've waited over a fucking hour for because Domino's was a bunch of dickholes tonight. But I finally got my pizza, so thank God. Hey, good people. I am enjoying this Domino's pizza because... The uh, nutrition's test that I had been studying like four or five days for, I was able to finish in precisely 23 minutes because it was the most easy exam I've ever had in my tenure at college. So, that, so old that's a good thing. That's a good thing. So Avenging Ben was able to successfully um, get the um, ace the test today. I'm more than certain I got a good grade. So I don't normally do this for myself because it's a little. Uh, this is a little. Uh, a little uh, <laughs> um, uh, douchey, but I'm going to try and see if I can do the uh, victory sound for myself. That one's for myself, and that's the only one I'll be doing. Aww, but, 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 but then, you gotta do it for Mike's hard work and dedication to losing every title shot. 
Come on, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Hope you're not in too. Two second, in two seconds, you two are about to do this episode by yourselves. Okay, let's see. So before Mike fucking reaches through the fucking wall and fucking kills me, let's uh, get into the news. We all watched it this past weekend. If you didn't see it, this past weekend was WWE No Mercy 2017. Fuck No Mercy. Okay, well, you can't... Well, honestly, that's what a lot of people have been saying on social media, but that, that people are really just focusing on the last two matches... Which, under normal circumstances, I would say yes. this was a good pay-per-view despite that. And it was. This, this pay-per-view had some really good stuff. But the problem was, the two matches that disappointed <laughs> were the two most hyped matches on the show. Both Roman Reigns and Cena, and Brock and Braun especially, both under-delivered in my eyes. We don't need to talk about Brock and Braun. We do <laughs> need to talk about Brock and Braun. This is what you have to talk about this. One F5, and that was it. <laughs> but come on, guys. We have to talk about the debut of Beetlejuice in the WWE. We'll talk about that in a second. So overall, like, the, the other news the coming up. What are you talking about? The other news talking about. Well, the other, <laughs> the other news we're, we're talking about is what happened to fucking Cesaro on this fucking show. Dude. Ow. Jesus. Ow. Jesus Christ. Now. Can you can you remind me what exactly happened to him? He, Did he get kicked in the in the mouth? He didn't get kicked in the so mouth. He catapult. He got catapulted. catapulted by Rollins, which oh. really wasn't his fault this time. Fucking Seth Rollins catapulted this this, this time. This time, fucking crossfit. Wait, Jesus. I thought it was Ambrose that catapulted him. One or the other, and Cesaro goes head first into the fucking turnbuckle. He turns around, and he's opening his mouth up. And we can see that his two front teeth, all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth, fucker just turns around. <laughs> all I want for Christmas is my two fucking front teeth, because they were not knocked out like I thought they were. His two front teeth got knocked into his gums by about three or four millimeters. Yeah, everyone thought, oh yeah, his teeth are broken. Uh-uh. Nope. They went into his upper jaw. Dude's which, in my, need... in my opinion, I'd rather just had him taken out. Just fucking kick him off my fucking... Yeah, because God. Jesus Christ. And then, you know what? He was even fucking crazier. He finished the match. Fucking Cesaro. Balls of steel. That's commitment, bro. That's Balls now, now, Ray, you had your wisdom teeth pulled a couple weeks ago. God only knows... And you were in so much pain. God only knows how much pain Cesaro must have been in. Oh, I can only imagine them going into his upper jaw, and then I believe he even needs stitches on his upper lip because it was basically starting to cave in. So God, right? Even like when we, when he, because the fucker still showed up on Raw, and I don't know if you guys noticed this, but he didn't open his mouth once. So yep. it, there's there's probably something. Like they got put, like he probably got like wired in his mouth or something. Yeah, he's he's gotten his jaw wired like our good old buddy deleted Tyler. Although no no longer, I think I believe our good buddy deleted Tyler got his uh his jaw thing taken off today. So good good for you, deleted Tyler. Good. Yay! Now he's not broken anymore. Well, now he can suck. Now he can suck dick again. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa! I'm kidding. I'm you kidding. be nice. That man came all the way from Philadelphia to visit us. 
I'm kidding. I, I became needed. hardcore champion for longer than you have, Marcus. <laughs> Moving on, the other so big ups to Cesaro, fair fucks to the guy. He was a fucking trooper that night. The other big news coming out of this pay per view, honestly, the rest of the pay per view was kind of a meh. But there is one other notable thing aside talking about aside from the main events. Uh, we'll get to this a little bit later when we're talking about Raw. But uh, there was only one championship change that night, and it was not the WWE Universal Championship. It was the. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't even the Women's Championship, which I'm surprised the locks were changed. It was the Cruiserweight Championship that changed hands this night. And who, pray tell, walks out with the fucking Laffy Taffy belt tonight? Why, none other than the man who doesn't tip strippers, none other than the man who was thrown off the tour bus, none other than the man who is rubbing everybody right up the wrong way, the babyface who is so clearly not a babyface, Enzo Amore. Oh, Enzo Amore. Aww. Oh, Enzo Amore. Aww. See, it's so sad that the point that fans have just given up on Enzo, the it's poor like, guy was beloved. Then hated. I feel bad now for just, him. Now like disgusted. But the but but the fans have a reason to. You it's know like, what? I actually I think, like what they're doing with Enzo, though. No, I like what they're doing, doing with Enzo. What they, you know, I give them credit because they're just kind of owning it at this point. Remember when I told you last week that they're just not pushing him as a babyface anymore? I feel that Enzo Amore. Mm-hmm. People are always like, "Oh, Enzo is terrible. Enzo is fucking bad at what he does." I'm like, "No, Enzo Amore is doing his job perfectly well." There was a grain of truth to his promo, which we'll get onto later. He is making 205 Live slightly more, like, interesting to watch. So I give the guy credit for that, but, like, the big thing coming out of No Mercy is he defeated Neville for the Cruiserweight Championship. Yeah. I gotta say, though, you ever notice that... We'll get into this a little later, but fuck, I'll say it now. You ever notice that whenever Neville loses the title... Like, the, the time he's not champion, he comes out looking even worse than he normally does. Like, he comes out looking like a fucking... So, kind of like Mike's. <sighs> you can just keep tying it back into that. Yep. So, basically, but I'll, I'll agree with on this, Blake. The first time Neville lost the title, he came out... Like, Neville has that look of, like, he didn't change his clothes. He's still in his ring gear. He did wash his hair. Because it's like... Kind of like what Enzo was saying. We'll get we'll get to his promo, but like he was basically saying, like he's like Gollum, and like he needs the ring, which is the cruiserweight championship. Precious, but, um, but other things to take away from No Mercy is that everybody expected it, and it actually happened. Roman Reigns beat John Cena, clean, clean. No, is- no, no Undertaker, no Samoa Joe, no interference. Roman Reigns beat him clean. God damn it, Zena! Why couldn't you go over? The one time you wanted John Cena to win and he doesn't do it. <sighs> and now John Cena is going to be taking some time off to film a movie. And now, for storyline, they're teasing he might retire. It's not happening. When that like, dude that that was my actual worry when he did the bow <coughs> and everything. When that dude like, retires, he's he going to get a. When he retires, he's going to get a fucking network special, a fucking statue. He's going to get a fucking DVD, Blu-ray. He's going to get everything. They're going to dedicate an entire episode of Raw solely to his memory. For a minute, I thought you were going to say he was going to get a DVD. I'm like, why did DVD? 
So Roman Reigns beats John Cena, and also we find out we we get the date of when Oscar is going to debut for Monday Night Raw, and it's going to be the Raw exclusive pay per view for this year. Uh, tables, ladders, and chairs. Oh my! Oh my! Indeed, I'm looking forward to it, man. You know what? But this is so fucking refreshing to me. Uh, do you guys I remember? The last time they built somebody up with vignettes and like little promos, they don't do that anymore. Bobby Roode didn't get that, but Asuka is getting that, which says a lot about how much they value Asuka in the WWE right now. Yep. Hopefully they don't do the Shinsuke and... Mm. Ugh, God. uh, You're not going to have a promo. You're not going to have a promo where Nia Jax says, you always rook the same. Jesus Christ. Christ, I'm, I'm still getting over that. You look at the same, Murahoka. Oh, God, that was... I'm, 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 actually try, I'm actually trying to remember when they advertised somebody making their debut. I think the last one, honestly, don't laugh. I think the last time was Bray Wyatt. Really? Yeah, like, honestly, I was rewatching some of those promos today, and I was like, when was the last time? Think about all the NXT call-ups. Like, Rusev didn't get that. Fucking, like... They, 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 they just showed up. All the NXT call-ups, Endzone Cast didn't get that. Von Villains didn't does, get does, that. Does the Sanity in NXT count? Well, no, the Sanity got promos when they debuted in NXT. They haven't gotten promos for their main roster call-up yet. But that's my mask. Does, would you count that? No, I wouldn't count that. So yeah, because all, everyone in NXT actually, in NXT... Got something oh, NXT that gets debut. that. Like, no, they gave that to fucking Velveteen Dream. They gave that to fucking the fucking uh, yeah, the Tommy, Sanity, Roderick, Tommy, everybody, everybody. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, you're right. They gave it to every new character, but for main roster, I, I, I think you're right. I think Bray Wyatt is the only person. And what was that? 2013. That was 2013. So it's been a while. Yep. <sighs> I don't remember them ever. I don't remember them ever advertising other NXT people. But you know Wait, what? Apollo Crews got something. Moderately. No, no. Apollo just showed up. No, he he got he I got, got something. No, he got like a tonight on Raw. He's coming tonight, but he didn't get like a three week build up or something like that. No, yeah. but that's different. It it, it has it has to be promoted in advance for it to count. It can't just be oh. Uh, also, like as soon as you tune in, you're not going to be immediately jumped into a video package of somebody that's going to be popping up on your TV for the first time. It's like, it was funny. I was, I completely agree with you. Like, you don't see that anymore. That's why I find it so refreshing with Oscar that they're giving her a date. They're giving her a time. They're, they're, they're taking away from the surprise from it, but it sort of works because like they're, they're giving her like tune in to see her debut. And I'm like, yes, I will tune in to see this. I now have reason to watch TLC. <laughs> Other than, dun dun, dun dun, dun dun. Speaking of which, no, we'll get to that later. Fuck it. Like when we talk about Raw, we'll talk. What about... else do we have to talk about? Because if we keep talking about No Mercy, we're just gonna make Mike go into his hole. Yeah. So tell you what. Shut so, up. So Basically, overall, other things that happened in No Mercy was Finn Balor beat Bray Wyatt. He's a man. He's no, a man no, that can do extraordinary things. God, no, what the hell is that gimmick? No, I am no a surprise man. in that match, really, right? No, you guys weren't surprised about that? No. At I the w- same time, we did all pick Gray. I don't know why. I'm not but, invested yeah. in this feud enough to care anymore. And it's still going. It's still going. I feel like, I, I think they're just going to do it for one more show. 
because I uh, a recent news article from the Wrestling Observer indicates that Finn Balor is going to be challenging Brock Lesnar next. So they, that program, that I program, will not. I am not going to believe that. I, I'm excited. I agree. I hope that happens. But I've I've been I've been lied to before on that, and I, I'm I've been disappointed before. So I'm just like I am going. I'm not putting stock in that theory until I see like them interacting on Raw or him calling out Brock Lesnar officially. Like I'm not. Well, yeah, but then on Monday he said he's going for what he's never lost. Which was the Universal Championship. Yeah, but then fucking Bray immediately comes in and does like another fucking Spookum Magookums thing with him, and I'm like, Yeah, but. No, the, it was Goldust. That was the funny part. No, no, no. Like, after his match with Goldust, like, Bray Wyatt, he played the I've got the small, I've got the whole world in my hands thing again. Ben, think of it like this. They're going to do the final Balor Wyatt match, hopefully, at TLC. And then at Survivor Series, we're going to begin Balor and Brock. I guarantee you, like, I agree with you. I, I think that's a solid theory. I guarantee you it's going to be one of those TLC matches where there's no title on the line, where it's pretty much just like, a- Ang- like, Ang- like Angle will throw a stipulation in, be- in there and be like, whoever wins this will be the next challenger for Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. And it'll be nice for Bray to get another shot, but... If the plan is Balor and Brock, Wyatt is is the uh, unlucky bastard. Yeah, he's like, basically just a pawn in this plan. Like we already know, it's gonna right. be Balor, but sadly, we need someone to like play into it, kind of. Yeah. So really, what do you do with Braun? That's the bigger question I have now. Like it, Braun was, he was supposed to win. There was no other story for him out of this. What do you do with Braun Strowman now? I'm so concerned for him because I'm like, he is like, if they don't do this right, he is one month away from fucking dancing down to the ring like Brodus Clay. Well, apparently now he's like starting to have an issue with the tag team champions. So unless he gets like a partner or something, or it's just, or because next week he's going to face Seth, unless that's just like filler for whatever else they want to do. I guarantee, like at TLC, it's probably going to be fucking Dean and Seth taking him on in like a two-on-one handicap match or something. Like, he thinks he can take them on. I guarantee you that's what it's going to be. No, Ben, it's going to be the shield. Oh, yeah, right. We forgot about that. We'll get into that when we talk about Raw. So that pretty much does it for our No Mercy discussion. Uh, overall, out of well, out of a poten- yeah. out of a potential 10, what would you give this show? And bear in mind, consider the entire show, not just the last two matches. Six. Six, honestly. Uh, I'll agree with Ray. Six. It's not because I lost the uh, the prediction. It's mostly because the show was just an average show. Nothing really happened. Nothing. That's not good. We just gave it three sixes. Oh god. I'm gonna give him a little nice. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give it a six point five. I did enjoy the first like two hours of this show, and then it just plummeted off a cliff. That's not the first time that's happened with a WWE show, but. I liked it enough. It was above average for me. They put it, on it, was, it, was, it wasn't battleground. No, it wasn't. It wasn't fucking battleground. Let me make it clear. That is the that is your benchmark this year for bad, bad pay per views. No, don't say that now because they're gonna be like, "Ooh, you want to see a bad pay per view? Hold my beer. Hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see a real fucking bad pay per view, motherfucker? Don't hold my beer." <laughs> Starcade, motherfucker. Starcade, bitches. <laughs> Booby Rude. <laughs> glorious. He has some tits. He has some tits. They are glorious. 
glorious. They are, they are glorious. Look at my tits. Look at my tits. Booby booby. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the General Mission Wrestling Podcast. We're five fucking years old. Sorry, <laughs> Welcome to the General Mission Wrestling Podcast. We come up with ideas that are good for pornos. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All right. And so. we're all fans of Jack Black's one fucked up song. That's how fucked up we are. Yeah. Sponsored by yeah. Brazzers. <laughs> no, we actually have a sponsor. What the fuck was that? Later during the commercial break. Hey, hey right. Yeah. Sponsoring Brazzers. the show. Hey, Ray. No. Ray. What the fuck was that? You know what yeah. it is. God damn it. <laughs> Alright, so moving on from that clusterfuck. Uh, listen, we were not in attendance live for Monday Night Raw, but I'll tell you who was. The fucking Bullet, Bullet Club. Club. Bullet Club. Secrets of Magic revealed, and I will edit in the Bullet Club theme now. Yay! Okay, there you go. <laughs> Bull- Bull- <laughs> Secrets of... So what, so what do we say, Bullet Club? We are specifically talking about Cody Rhodes, Marty Skrull, the Young Bucks, uh, and Hangman Page. Who has escaped? He escaped. Okay. The Elite. The, the Elite. B. Well, two-thirds the elite. of the Elite. Two-thirds of the Elite. Kenny Omega cannot... Join them, sadly. So, I gotta say... He's, he's stuck in Japan, but, um... Yeah, what a weird... What a weird thing that broke on Monday. I know! Like, I did not... There was no inkling of this happening. And when I saw this picture on my Twitter feed, I was like, oh, that the Bullet Club are at Raw. And I'm like, wait a minute, the fuck... The fucking Bullet Club are at Raw. They're physically there. I'm like, what the fuck? So, I'll, I'll give you guys backstory. So the reason they were they were in town was because they were on their way to a meeting for like a sponsorship to sell their T-shirts. I don't remember the name of it, but it was basically like a hot topic deal that they were working out, and they decided to invade Monday Night Raw. They uh, showed up with a big limousine, and also Brandy Rhodes was there, which was funny as well. But um, they all got into a limousine and. Like once the like they started tweeting like we're going to Raw like come come, people in Bullet Club shirts who were already there, joined along and and you can check it out on the YouTube channel, um, uh, being the elite, and basically they were, they did a spoof of the DX invasion on WCW that one time, that's what this was but um. Yeah, because basically the Young Bucks are getting sued for copyright infringement, for taking... Basically for doing everything. They couldn't do anything. So, in retaliation and for funsies, they did this. (laughs) It was kind of brilliant. There was this one bit that I fucking loved where Cody Rhodes... By the way, fucking Cody Rhodes gets closer and closer to becoming my all-time favorite wrestler by the month because, like... This dude is always busting out references that I'm just like, oh, this dude fucking gets it. He's he's saying a speech to the audience, and then they're like, is that the fucking speech from Independence Day? And Brandy is just like, just let him do it. He seems so happy when he's doing it. Fucker's reading the whole fucking speech from Independence Day, and I'm like, oh, th- this motherfucker gets it. 
You're amazing. You're amazing, Cody. So good. So obviously, this invasion was played for comedy. wasn't Wasn't to be taken too seriously, but of course, the smart marks out there took this very personal and basically bashed them for even doing it. What are you guys? What are you, what are your thoughts? on this whole Bullet Club invasion on Monday Night Raw? Uh, like, as far as just, like, getting interest on them and, like, doing, like, a big publicity stunt, it worked. Like, I, I loved it. I think it's ge- a genius move on their part. They're not breaking any rules, not doing anything. They're, they're doing something a little cool to elevate their brand, and I think that's really cool. And so mad props to these guys for having the foresight to do something like this because nobody takes chances in wrestling anymore. Nobody does anything risky like this or anything kind of... No one does, like, public performance like this anymore. And they did, and I think it's pretty ballsy. Like I've, said, I've said for a while now that the Bullet Club has kind of been going... Has been going downhill a little bit ever since, like, AJ left. But, like, I feel like they're really starting to come back into their own. More or less the elite side of things, but even other members... I feel like the Bullet Club is slowly but surely carving out a better niche for itself and this is evidence of that like i really enjoyed this segment i love the independence day stuff i love the stuff with the flags i just fuck it like being the elite is giving me like a whole nother appreciation for these guys ray what do you think well let's see it was perfect (laughs) just it was comedic perfectly everything from pop being the original dx of invasion everything is perfect Though that Independence Day was a little too much, but it worked. It got over. We love the elite. And Mike, what about you? What did you think? Uh, I, I found that hilarious because I was looking on Twitter and they're like, oh, let's invade Vaughn. I'm like, okay, they're probably, there's no way they're doing this. And then they do it. It's like, what the fuck? And it's like, obviously the fans, like, they, 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 they believed it too, and they were playing along. But um, it's actually funny because we're because we covered uh, them bringing back Starcade last week and the whole Twitter thing with Cody and Michael Hayes. And then, like a week later, Cody shows back up on, to WWE, and it's not the way they wanted it. <laughs> no. The other big news story actually breaking this week is Cody Rhodes officially signed an exclusive contract with ROH. One of the most That's basically making sure that he does not work Starcade. He's basically telling WWE, you know what? Fuck you. So after like after like an after like a year and a half now of him basically going everywhere, he has finally decided to make ROH his permanent home. Yeah, and he also does the he's allowed to do New Japan stuff as well, right? But I think it's basically yeah, New Japan, that's always that's always been like their their shared company. Oh like no, yeah, but, 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 but I'm saying he's allowed to go over there as well. Of course, of course, the whole bullet club is. Yep. Just pretty much. Uh, all. But other, other than that, I think uh, I'm not sure what else we could talk about. That the bullet club is just dominating, like always. <laughs> Like yeah. I think that's about it. It really. Yeah, like, honestly, there's really nothing else. Bullet Club just invaded Raw. There's really nothing else to talk about with this. Because it's like Marks just took it to another level. Like, 
Oh my mm. God, did this mean Bullet Club versus WWE? Oh my God, Cody's coming back. Oh my God, the Young Bucks are going to come back. No, because that's comedic just... actions. It's like what we do for God. We're doing stuff. We entertain you guys. It gets over. Yeah, pretty. At this, at stop reading point, between the lines. The internet loves the internet loves blowing shit out of proportion. Just speculate. Why do you think people love? Why do you think Finn Balor trolled us for like six months with his Raw debut? Every time he ended an NXT event, he'd always say, "I'll see you guys on Monday" or something, or he'd post a picture of himself right before Raw on a tour bus. And it's just like he he's, he knows that the internet are reactionary and like they're gonna buy into anything that's part of what makes the internet wrestling community such a double-edged sword sometimes because it's just like yeah like we will react to anything yep yep yep, yep. I you, know also, you know what's also funny from the video was that young bucks were like virgo virgo you're in there and fans were like who and, and then they're like finn bauer we need finn bauer and then people were like oh that was sad because even when they did, when they did Hunter and that, and they did the DX version, it's like you knew who they were talking about. God, like you knew uh, who they were talking about. Uh, they were talking too. about. Uh, That's also funny. Is they think about this? Is like think about it now? Is that out of those five that were there, one of them might actually. Be in the WWE in the future, and I'm talking about Marty Skrull. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> if you've heard it through the grapevine, apparently Marty Skrull has been—if I get this right—he has been getting offers from the E, right? So is Hangman. I think that's that was a joke about it. The Hangman was, I think, either given a a tryout or something of that sort. So WWE is trying to pick up these guys, and it's like, yeah, Bullet Club is losing their main members day by day. Pretty much, like I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like after a while, it is really just gonna be Cody, the Bucks, and Kenny, and like maybe Bad Luck, Bad Luck Fale, I think, and the Gorillas of Destiny. Right. And like, WWE is only doing this so nobody else can have them. Like, they'll bring in an Adam Page, they'll bring in a Marty the Skrull, and they'll just be like, ha-ha, you guys can't have them, we have them. That's what they and do. And we'll do nothing with them. That's what Basically. They, that's what they do sometimes. That's that's why I feel like the Cruiserweight division was always just kind of meandering around for like for a year right now. Like, they just, they got all of these fucking dudes, and then they do nothing with them. Like, fucking Cedric Alexander, fucking Noam Dar. Well, they, well, well, speaking of them, you want to talk about it now? Talk about the uh, the uh, raw controversies. Tell you what, though, we have a we have, tell you what. I need to get a little drink of water, and I just need to resituate myself. So tell you what, it has been lovely talking about the world. Of, we talk about no mercy and a little Bullet Club update. So tell you what, we here at the GAWP are going to take a quick little commercial break, and then we will be right back with some raw talk, some SmackDown discussion, and some general chit chat. So we will be right back with more of the General Admission Wrestling Podcast right after this. What's up, guys? Avenging Ben of the GAWP coming at you with a very important question. Do you love top-shelf wrestling action that you can't find anywhere else? Then come on down to Hoboken, New Jersey on October 14th for Capital Wrestling's fourth TV taping. You will see an amazing double main event that features Anthony Gangone, 
going one-on-one with Matt McIntosh and Sonny Kiss going one-on-one with Logan Easton LaRue. Also, the colossal one Mike Law puts his TV title on the line against the prodigal son of the NRA, Bo Crockett, and so much more. But guys, we don't want to leave you out in the cold. Do you want to take advantage of exclusive deals that you can only get through us? Then head on down to tinyurl.com slash capital four, that's the Roman numeral four, like in Rocket Four, and enter the promo code GAWP and you can receive access to special discount prices. Then on October 14th, you can head over to 301 Garden Street, bell time 8pm, doors open at 7pm on October 14th, and you can tell them the GAWP boys sent you. Guys, this is shaping up to be an amazing show, and trust me, the GAWP boys will be there, and we want to see you there too, so head on over to tinyurl.com slash capital four, enter the promo code GAWP, and guys, don't forget to come to the Capitol. Okay, so wait, Mike, what are you fucking going to do to me when we go to Hog? I'm going to choke the living shit out of you, buddy. <laughs> He's going to choke you. Sorry. God. God damn it. And we're back. With more. Those were some good commercials. There you go. So now you know. Here we come to save the day. Code. Here we God go. damn it, Mike, I'm trying to use our sponsors. So, oh. you can use code GOP and save money on tickets. Go to Capital Wrestling. It's going to be a fun time. We'll be there. It'll be it'll really be really ironic if in like I put the Capital commercial before the show and I put like some random bullshit in the middle. <laughs> that way just what you're saying is going to be taken completely out of context. Yep. Maybe uh, maybe assume that I'm going to edit it however the hell I want and maybe not be so presumptuous. Yeah, way to go, Ray. Way to go, Raymond, motherfucker. Surprise, motherfucker. That's a shoot name, brother, brother. You're a good, you're, you're a good brother, brother, Ray. You're a good brother, brother. Hey, I just <laughs> thought because I'm like, he says... We're going to do a commercial break, so I'm like, that's the commercial that goes in? Well, Vic, oh, you're, well you're the fucking one who's always bringing in Pepe to do these fucking commercials. I assumed, like, you'd have him do some bullshit. Come on, brother, brother. You should know. When we say commercial break, it's it's a commercial break for Hang the on. people that uh, Ray, are listening gonna, on the download. Ray, I'm going to do your job for you this week. Hey, Pepe, are you a good brother, brother? Orale! Oh, oh, God, Pepe. No. I, brother, I kept brother. him in a corner for this. I didn't want to bring it, Pepe. Oh, God. No, don't take my mic. Stop taking my mic. Orale, what's up, Ben? What's up, homie? Mike, how's it going, amigos? It's going very hey, good. Hey, brother, brother. Hey, brother, brother, Pepe. What's going No, it's like, no, we got to say it right. What's up, hermano, hermano? Hermano, hermano. That's a very good Spanish, my friend. How's it going? It's going it's very good. good. It's going good, Pepe. It's my bueno. So how are you, Ray, oh, Pepe? What, what's it like? Have you been? Yeah, have you been? Uh, how have you been enjoying your week so far, Pepe? It's been going very good, very good. I just have one problem, Senor Ben. What's your problem? Pepe? I have a very big problem because me like the tweeters. Senor Trump likes me look at the tweeters. So I have oh, to. I have to. No. I have to say one thing. Who the fuck is this, Senor Shapiro? Oh, uh, you would be what Pepe is referring to is we we this Friday at the time of this recording it's Wednesday, 
We're going to be interviewing the current House of Glory Tag Team Champions, the New York Wrecking Crew, this Friday at HOG. And uh, their manager, uh, Matthew Ryan Shapiro Esquire, a very verbose uh, commentator and manager figure on the New York wrestling and New Jersey wrestling scene, uh, said, on our, <laughs> said on our Twitter feed that he wants his clients to slap us in the face. <laughs> and, uh, fucking, I, I assume you, you didn't take too kindly to that, Pepe. No, Singer Ben, you two are my hermanos. I don't like these. He can slap the law. I don't care that much for him. But but you two, you two, my friends, you two, my good brothers, you're, you're, hermanos. You're, you're good okay, hermanos. that's all for this week, folks. I have to run now because if not, Singer Trump is going to get me. <laughs> all right, bye 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 bye. Under under See, senor, see you. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I almost forgot to plug the merch. You have to go now to get the GAWP tacos. Okay, that's it for today. Adios. Adios, Pepe. Adios. See, see, now that's a good brother, brother. Now that's a good brother, brother, Ray. I think we may replace you full time with Pepe. Okay, I got my mic back. What the hell is he saying? Yeah, I know. Uh, tacos, ta tacos, and something about Matthew, tacos and something about Matthew Ryan Shapiro. Oh, okay, that's perfect. Perfect segue, Ben, because I have an opinion on that. Oh, Mr. Shapiro, Mr. Shapiro. So, uh, see, we do this show here. You might say the law is not a fan of the two got boys, but this is where you're wrong, Mr. Shapiro. These two simpletons right here, these are my boys. And no one, I repeat, no one threatens them but me. I curb stomp them. I hurt them. Only me. So, Mr. Shapiro, we'll be interviewing your two boys on Friday. And if you even attempt to get there, you love to delegate, you love to use your voice, but no one's there to rebuttal you, sir. The law is up to that par, and I'll make you look like an ed uneducated simpleton that you really are. Yeah. So this Friday night, three of us, three of you, make your move, bitch. Oh my god. <laughs> nice, fake, nice fake shoot promo, brother, brother. Nice. That was, that, that's what you call... Shooter. That's what you call a shoot promo. Oh my god. Talking about promos. <laughs> yeah, talking about promos, let's talk about Monday Night Raw. As we mentioned earlier, Enzo Amore is your new cruiserweight champion. And, uh, well, the minute he got on the mic on Raw, he ended Monday Night Raw this week. Not The Miz, not Roman Reigns, not the women. The Cruiserweights finally got a segment that ended Monday Night Raw, and they made a point of mentioning that, because it hasn't happened yet. Enzo Amore comes out and cuts... It starts off as a basic, like, I did it, I won the... I won the bop, blippity-bop promo. And then, he goes on to start saying, I made 205 Live relevant! And then all of the Cruiserweights come out, and he starts savagely roasting all of them. And then you begin to realize, holy shit, they're turning Enzo, they're turning Enzo heel. 
you know it's funny though that with this promo that it's like they're bringing in a sense of reality but you know it's a work <laughs> like it's so perfect like oh god they're bringing in stuff that's actually happening they're saying Enzo isn't liked in the back they're saying this they're saying that but he's right he's been making 205 relevant he, it's the sad I truth. Can't. It's the very sad truth because Enzo Amore, like him, like him or not, he is a must-see thing right now. And adding him to this division that is sorely lacking in vibrant personalities is actually the best thing you can do for it at this point. Honestly, like it's honestly giving me a deeper appreciation for Enzo because, like, he does get the crowd fired up, and I did... That segment of Raw, at the end of Raw, that was the most I've cared about the Cruiserweights in months. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what I'm even saying, that he basically did his job, because even after what happens, if you saw the clip, that even Braun Strowman comes out, assists the Cruiserweights, and they beat the crap out of him, it made you want to see what happens on 205. So, yes, maybe it's kind of... I guess they're saying it's a burial... But no, it's perfect storyline. That was the perfect idea that they want to tie you in and say, oh, they're just going to kill Enzo again and again and again. But now you want to see it. I can admit, I saw 205 last night. I did too. I will burn you both. <laughs> Come on, Mikey. I just sold my soul and I'm, I might die I will thanks to the hands of the New York both. record. I might get my ass kicked by the New York Wrecking Crew, and you say you're going to burn me down. for that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> As Mike has made it clear on the show before, he does not approve of me or Ray tuning in to watch 205 Live. Gosh. Motherfuckers <laughs> should be right? watching Total Bellas. <laughs> hey, I was watching Total Bellas. They're actually giving Total Bellas right now as we're recording this. I'm not. I am not watching Total Bellas. I will watch 205 Live, a marathon so, of 205 Live before I watch Total Bellas. So here's a, here's a few problems with this. Was oh, so the positive thing is was this segment good? Yes, it was. But do the fans actually act, legitimately care about this? No. No. No, they don't. Because that's the that's the problem. Us, we weren't there live, so we're watching this at home, and we're enjoying it for what it is. But when they're doing this type of shit in half-empty buildings, it, it was for both Raw and SmackDown this week. So just tell, so you know what the fuck's happening. Business yeah, it's not working really. So half the building is gone. And the other side of the building is barely making any noise until Braun Strowman comes out. And that's after they go off the fucking air. Which is basically like what the house show usually gets, the better reaction than actual TV. So right. it's sad that's like, oh my god, that's entertaining TV. Yeah, the cameras are off. So, we talk about that. I remember they did this really dumb thing once. Where like Raw went off the air one time and like the bad guys were standing tall, like John the Authority had returned, like John Cena was like defeated, and then after Raw went off the air, Randy Orton came out to save the day, and I'm like, you couldn't have done that five fucking minutes ago when we needed you. <laughs> the... Well, that's well, that's for the house, but apparently they needed to do this off the air so people and they let 
people see it. They put it on their YouTube channel, which is actually very nice of them to do that. They rarely put <laughs> online exclusive content on. Because like, that, because that progresses the story. It does. Now, what was the point of this whole thing? Is they did a double turn. Neville is now a babyface, and Enzo is a heel. Unless, mm, unless, unless Neville is still a heel and Enzo is just being a dick baby face. No, I would say Neville is still a heel, but yes, Enzo is now kind of playing the tweener. He's getting to that heel state, but Neville is still a heel. Neville, the only thing that he did was show, yes, I may not like single one of these guys, but I'll represent the Cruiserweight division because I actually care about it. So it wasn't as much of a face turn, but just him standing up and saying, hey, I actually give a shit. Now it's time to kick your ass. And I'll give Enzo this. Before even he got in the building on to Monday Night Raw, he was driving around the building in his car and basically holding the title up in the air like from the roof of his car, just being like, I'm the champion! I'm the greatest! And like Enzo, like he's playing the star really well, and as far because I I didn't watch two hundred five live, but I watched the promo he cut on two hundred five live, and basically, it's, it was the same thing from Raw. So Enzo can cut a promo, but when it comes to the matches, it's Jesus Christ, what the fuck am I looking at? Because when Enzo, I'll say this about Enzo, when he, he can take a beating. But he takes a beating, and he doesn't sell it. He just lays there with his eyes open, and it looks like he's like he's not there anymore. He looks dead. Do, do you guys like that at all? I like because we, we've seen Dolph Ziggler when he when he gets hit, he takes a huge ass bump, and we all like it. When Enzo gets a like, kicked in the face, a punched, dead. He's fucking dead. But that's <laughs> always been... Because that's not a new that's thing. That's the art of selling. The, no, that's Perfect. not a new thing for Enzo, because that's basically all he ever did when tag team match. Every Enzo and Cass tag team match was the same. Cass would run wild for a little bit. Enzo would tag in, fuck up, get his ass kicked for like 10 minutes. Enzo would like do a reversal, hot tag to the finish, and then Big Cass would throw his dead body on top of the opponent. Their finishing move was literally just throwing Enzo's dead corpse on somebody. Enzo always looked like he was getting murdered three days from but, Sunday. But now that Enzo is a single star, it's more noticeable. Enzo... It's not even that, now it's no, like, hot tag. Like, Enzo Now, like, maybe is, people didn't notice because they're thinking, oh, it's big cast, it's gonna dominate because, yeah, he's the big guy. They no, were aware. No, he dominated because he was the only guy in the match. They were aware that Enzo does not have chops as a wrestler. I, I think even people who like Enzo can admit this. But I feel he's realized that if I'm not going to be a great wrestler, I'm going to be a good performer and I'm going to be a good seller. And he always... Give him credit. That match with Neville definitely exposed him for how semi, like, just competent of a worker he is. Like, it showed... That match that, with that, Neville... The whole, the whole match was Neville. That whole match was Neville carrying him for like 11, 12 minutes. And Enzo made it look successfully like everything Neville was doing to him fucking hurt. And that's what Neville, that's what Enzo does best, I'm beginning to realize. He makes it look like everything fucking hurts. Like if you get kicked in the fucking head, you're gonna, your eyes are going to like glaze over. You're going to look 
cockeyed for a little bit. And Enzo does that very, very well. Like, that's the thing. And I just feel like, I agree. This is my soapbox for a second here. Like, I understand all the things that people have a problem with Enzo Amore. You want to take it up with, like, his backstage personality and, like, who he is as a dude. You're just kind of judging him as a person. If you want to make this weird argument, however, that Enzo Amore is some sort of rare outlier in WWE, that, no, think again. I've been seeing on Twitter all week. By the way, Twitter this weekend, Jesus Christ, the hatred for Enzo Amore this Sunday and Monday, so thick and rich, you could have drizzled that shit on pancakes. Oh, my God. It was astounding. Wow, Ben. So, so thick and rich, my God. But I'm thinking to myself, you guys are, like, hating on Enzo for, like, not tipping strippers and, like, being a complete fucking gobshite of a human being. But, like, you're rooting for, like, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins and all these other guys who also, and Randy Orton and all these other dudes who have done terrible shit. W, like, the people they're, they're not saints either. They're not saints either. I'm, and I'm not even saying, like, you can't, I'm not saying, like, you have to like, enjoy a wrestler as a person to like them. No, some of my favorite wrestlers of all time are objectively pieces of shit. I still find clips of the Ultimate Warrior entertaining, and fucking the dude who played the Ultimate Warrior was a fucking asshole. But, like, but I find it funny, like, I'm not defending Enzo on any level here, but I'm saying it's kind of the pot calling the kettle black. You can't really despise Enzo for the guy that he is and, like, then go and be a, a Seth Rollins fan, because, like, fucking... Seth Rollins is the scrappy underdog of the Shield who made his way to the main event, but Colby Lopez is, let's not bury the lead here, he he cheated on his fiance. Dean Ambrose is a notorious kind of drinking, smoking, partying scumbag. And fucking Eric, the guy who plays Enzo Amore, he's, he's a piece of Jer- Jersey street trash, and that's just kind of the guy he is. <laughs> I'm saying, and, like... And, and, and somehow he incorporates that into his character. Which is kind it works. of... Okay, it works for him. The thing is, yes, you can hate on Enzo, but at the same time, like, what he's... What you're hating on him for is nothing new. I was astounded. This is the one thing that I was honestly getting cross about. People were like, how dare WWE put a championship on a guy that's fucking awful? And I'm like, like, where have you been? Do you remember the great Kali? Do you, well, well, I'm talking awful in terms of, well, well, let's say awful in two different ways. They're awful in in-ring ability and awful as a person. Like, WWE has put the fucking belt on Ultimate Warrior, fucking great Kali, fucking all JBL. These, fucking JBL, all these fucking, okay, JBL is semi-competent, let's not bury the lead there. But fucking, <sighs> they put the fucking belt on people who were objectively worse human beings and objectively worse wrestlers. To say that this is somehow some big, horrible thing, I'm just like, where have you guys been for the past, like, decade or so of professional wrestling? Where have you been for professional wrestling as a whole? Pieces of shit have had the belts put on them since the fucking dawn of professional wrestling. That's kind of what the what the business is predicated upon. Like, the fucking Memphis and, like, fucking the South was full of cheating, conniving pieces of shit. He would always politic that way. The mid-90s WWF, fucking Shawn Michaels, one of the greatest in-ring performers of all time, but if you ever heard an interview with anybody who worked with Shawn Michaels back during that time, they'd always say, oh, he was a drug-addled fuck-up who'd always put himself before everybody else, took his ball and went home with that. <laughs> but then he found Jesus. <laughs> yeah, Shawn Michaels found Jesus. <laughs> just, just ask Shane Douglas if he'll tell you, nope. <laughs> But um, so let's 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 not get into that. But um, I feel like oh god, this conversation went so south. 
No, 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 don't worry. I'm going to I'm gonna turn it back around. There's two things I want to bring up. One is that I feel like people don't know how to separate the character from the person. Especially when the character and the person, the, the line is so blurred. And I'm even talking about, like, even for WWE and even for the indies, too. There's, there's so many indie guys that people could, like, I associate both of them as the same. Even, like, okay. like um, Matt Riddle? Let's, let's, use, let's use Matt Riddle, for example. Wait, no. Give me a heel. Give me a heel. Uh, okay. MJF. Okay. Okay. MJ, let's, uh, let me use MJF for this. So, in MJF's character, his character is that he's a cocky asshole who thinks he's better than everybody else, wrestlers and fans included. But once he gets out of the ring and you meet, I don't, I don't know his real name, so I'm just going to say MJF. When you meet the real MJF, he's the nicest guy you can meet. He's very respectful. That's the same with a lot of people. In WWE, it's the same as well. You can have Sasha Banks, who I'll use her like her NXT days, be like, she was this bad bitch who, who, was the, who said she was the boss of everybody. She was better than everybody else. But when you would go to these autograph signs and not meet her at a fucking airport in a hotel, she was the nicest person in the world. Yep, that's the thing. People are forgetting there's a blurred line there for a reason. It's supposed to make you think it's real, yes. But that's the thing. It's just that. It's entertainment, and they're putting on a facade. Just like we are at the kind of at this moment, it's not. There's no actual Ray Ramundo. There's no home build. There's no avenging. It's people under the persona that have actual opinions and actual lives. Pretty. So you kind of have to remember that. Yes, they may try to tie in real life situations because that's what the best usually recommend. Always do kind of based on your own real-life opinions, but just blur the line just a bit. So, yes, you may hate these guys because, like, oh, these guys are actual douches. Half of the time, no, they're the sweetest people ever. Right. And the other thing I want to bring up, too, is that uh, this this was uh, last week, but last week marked the one-year anniversary of them bringing back the Cruiserweight division. Now... Let's take from the year that we just had with the Cruiserweights. Would you say it's been a failure? Or do you think, like, what, what do you think about like one year later? I would say, here's the thing. Like the division as a whole, failure. Everything, everything. But like the division as a whole, like building an entire division, kind of a failure. But you know what? There have been bright spots. Let me, let me give you some examples. They, they showed that fucking Neville was a fantastic heel. They showed that fucking you can get a... There is, a, there is the right way to get a Japanese wrestler successfully over with the crowd, with, a, with, a, with like some charisma, because Akira Tozawa, he's over as fuck. People, people really like Akira Tozawa. Fucking Rich Swan, freaking Drew Gulak, all these people. Like, there's such a great level of talent in 205 Live, and the matches themselves are phenomenal. I had to go on record. I've said that some of my favorite matches this year 
came from the cruiserweight division. Neville and Jack Gallagher, Neville and Rich Swan, Neville and the, all three of the matches he had with Austin Aries. Wait, that, is it because of the cruiserweight division or just Neville? That's what I'm coming back around to. There's, I, do I love the cruiserweight division or do I love fucking Neville for being amazing this year? Because if there's one good thing that's come out of this whole division... He, he single-handedly brought this division, they put it on his back, and has helped... Carry it, he became Pac because this is what Pac did to the junior heavyweight division back in Japan. Pac basically like took it over, and that's why right. he became such a sensational star across even Japan, Europe, and then the States. Because Pac, Neville, whatever you want to call him, the dude works. So yes, he's a workhorse and perfect for this division. But yes, like Ben mentioned, it is a great talent of rosters. It's basically the indies all under the WWE umbrella. Right. So. But I'll also say this is that, um, so they started the cruiserweight division in September. Two months later, there was already a discussion of how the cruiserweight division is a massive failure and that they were going to abolish it. Once they cleared Neville to come back from his injury, they turned him heel, he grew out his facial hair, and they put the strap on him. That's when the cruiserweight division started to get better, and then they did the series of matches with Neville and Austin Aries. Then Neville feuded with um, Jack Gallagher, and then Akira Tozawa, and now now we're looking to, to Neville and Enzo Amore. Yeah, because that was the thing. Yes, the cruiserweight division started out very hot, but just like everything in wrestling, it's going to lose steam eventually. So yes, sadly, there was that period of. Oh, do we really but, have to watch this? But the thing with the cruiserweight division is it burned out too fast. But that's the thing, the, because it was so good, had Mike. The, we had that... Yeah, what were you saying? Here you go, brother. I was just going to say is that the cruiserweights just did the tournament, and then they immediately, immediately, there was no time wasted. They got immediately jumped... To, they got immediately put on Monday Night Raw. Some of them were spending some time in NXT, some of them on main event, but you had a majority of them, like TJP, Brian Kendrick, uh, Rich Swan. Uh, most all those guys got put immediately on Monday Night Raw, and you put them in front of an audience who possibly do not know who these people are. Some of the some of the fans that watch don't know what what the indies are. Some of them don't know about these, uh, the backstories of all these guys, except for one. They Brian don't know. Kendrick, who they, who, who they recently, who was in WWE years ago. They don't know Spanky. When you, when you show them a face like Rich Swan and TJP and Grand Metalik, they go, what the fuck? Where did they come from? And why should I care? WWE did a yeah. poor job in doing that. They should have went into a whole thing about how TJP started wrestling. I give, I give his backstory. So is Rich Swan. And then they but that's the, the thing. They gave that backstory. They gave the backstory only for the tournament. They need to do it again because yes, you're you're expecting oh the whole spectrum of guys that watch Raw, SmackDown. They'll watch everything on the network. You can't overestimate that. Sadly, some guys don't watch something that's on the network. Imagine, right now, people are watching 205, so when they see a new gimmick pop up on Raw for the Cruiserweights, they're like, when the hell did that happen? You have to watch the product, because, but that's the thing. I'm not even giving that excuse to the WWE, because 
they needed to reprogram the fans and show them, hey, this is this guy, this is this guy, get ready for the Cruiserweight division. If they wanted then, to succeed, instead of just dying out in maybe, I think, like three months, they needed to give the reason why these guys are so good. And what also didn't help at the beginning was when, okay, nobody cares about the Cruiserweight division on Raw, so let's just give them a show on the network and just do it after SmackDown. That that was un, that was kind of where I was like, okay, this they don't know what they're doing. It's like two months in, and they it felt it felt like they already gave up. They didn't, they didn't try giving backstories again. They just gave up, gave them a network show, and now there you go. If you want, if you like the cruise weights, tune in Tuesdays. They might show up on Raw in a fucking blue moon, but goddamn it, we'll give them a show. Pretty much, and it honestly. Made zero sense. So, right. in the conclusion, like, because we've gone on about this for a while now, fucking at the end that's of the a, day, it's a good, it's a good discussion. It is a good discussion. So, in conclusion, get the key points here. Cruiserweight division needs some work, and Enzo Amore is honestly a blessing in disguise for them. And hey, if Enzo Amore is what finally gets this division some credibility and some genuine character growth, you know what? Hey. How you doing? Maybe it's pretty good. So let's let's give it a shot. Oh God, I cannot and, believe Ben just said that. And speaking God. of shows that have not worked recently, let's talk about the utter disaster of SmackDown Live. I wouldn't say okay. Here's the thing: SmackDown Live is like, as far as the wrestling shows, you can do a lot worse than SmackDown at this point. Because on the whole, is there anything truly horrible about SmackDown Live right now? No. It, 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 it has some competent no. wrestling. It has some. No, but... But here's no. the problem. Like, and this is the thing. I understand. Like, trust me, now that I've been taking a slight peek behind the scenes, and I can say this, formatting a weekly wrestling show, let alone a two-hour show, is difficult. It's hard, man. I can scarcely conceive what it must be like to have to format television week after week after week. And sometimes on the fly, because people are getting injured. People can't be there some weeks. All this other stuff. My apologies. My messenger just went off. I apologize. <laughs> the thing is... You got mail. I got... It's, it's Vince. It's Vince sending us something, Ben. God damn it. He's saying it's he really, stops... He's going to be like, God it's damn it, pal. It's Roadhog saying, stop talking shit about me. <laughs> he's gonna be it's a, like, stop a, exposing a, the business, fucking, you marks. Fucking Vince McMahon is like, oh, it's like hey, God, God damn it, pal. God damn it. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking goddamn! Don't it, expose me, brother. Don't, don't be a bad brother, don't, brother. Don't, don't expose me, pal. Like, well, what the fuck was I talking? Smackdown Live. I can scarcely conceive of how but, difficult. But, but come on, Mike. You have to like Rusev Day. We'll talk about that in a it second. Was but like, Rusev Day. my point was like Smackdown Live. You can do a lot worse. But for the past three weeks, I've watched Smackdown with like, okay, next up is gonna be the Dolph Ziggler bit. Next up is gonna be the Rusev bit. Next up is New Days and Usos. Next up is Gender. Next up the match. Next up credits. Yeah, I felt like I've been watching the same episode of SmackDown on loop for three weeks. And in different order. And just in different orders. Like, and like there's been, like Bobby Roode finally surfaced after like three weeks and not two or three weeks not being there. Like, I'm trying to be as nice as I can to SmackDown because there's some stuff I like. I love the stuff with Charlotte. I like the st I love the stuff with Shane and, uh, and Owens. I think that stuff's great. But I'm always just like, 
what made SmackDown so refreshing like a year ago or like back after like when it really started hitting its stride, it felt like they were using everybody in really interesting ways. Like every week they were one-upping themselves. Like there was something new to add to the story. And on every past few weeks, I'm just like, I know where this is going. They're just kind of spinning their wheels. There's a noticeable change in the writing. There's this change in soul I don't quite agree with. Like, like I keep tuning in every week, and I'm like, if I can call what's going to happen before it happens, that's not good writing. That's that's honestly just kind of... They're taking their... Ben, it's ridiculous. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but would you say that the shakeup after WrestleMania damaged SmackDown the most? That's the problem. I'm beginning to think, like, it did and it didn't, because... SmackDown arguably has much more of an identity than it did before the brand split because SmackDown was the show you could skip. Now, like love it or love it or not, you SmackDown is essential viewing because like it has oh, yeah. titles and all these other things going on, its own unique identity. And after the brand split, and you have to watch it, and it really like, started, God. and it hit its stride with AJ and Dean and Becky and the tag time ta tag team titles and all this other stuff, and I was just like. Wow, you know what? This could really work. Taking these wrestlers that didn't get a shot, or the Miz, taking all these sh characters that didn't get a chance to shine on the three-hour Raws, and doing these more character-focused things with them. And as the months have gone on and the writing has shifted, I feel as though they've kind of gotten off track with that. Really, the only people that are allowed to shine in the character department anymore or Kevin Owens, Shane, and kind of honestly, I'm not kidding here, Dolph Ziggler. They're at least giving him something to do. But it feels a little more, I can't really describe it, it feels a little more muddled. Like, I genuinely don't feel like there's any progression week to week. Like, yeah, stuff happens. Like, Kevin Owens will do this thing, Shane will get mad, like, Kevin will do this. But, like, aside from the rare peak where Vince McMahon, like, gets, bleeds the hard way, which was, you know, fuck it, I don't care if that was on Raw or SmackDown, that was amazing. Vince McMahon getting the shit stomped out of him. Like, but then it's like, Shane cuts a promo, Owens cuts a promo, Shane cuts a promo, Owens cuts a promo, Fashion Files segment, Bobby Roode, all these other things. I'm just like, yeah, and especially the stuff with AJ and Baron Corbin, they've been seriously spinning their wheels with that for weeks. They must have done the whole, like, match gets preempted by Baron Corbin thing like two or three times, and I was just like, my God, this is just getting repetitive. You're right. You're right, and also... They diminished the main title so badly, it's not even funny. It's... And if you don't know what I'm talking about, is they drag Jinder out, and he cuts these racist promos that are, which are meant to be funny. In WWE's, this is supposed to be funny. They don't know what fucking funny is. I can and see what the they're trying to go for, but it's just not clicking. Jinder Mahal has held this title for three fucking months, and he has done nothing. And now, you want to hear the kicker, is that WWE is doing the tour of India? Guess who's not going to be on the tour? Jinder Mahal. So this whole oh, I thing, heard that, and that's what so, I'm like, wait. So this whole thing with him having the title to increase India's fan base is for fucking nothing? 
Yeah. Damn. I'm trying listen, to be... Listen, Mahal could be the nicest motherfucker in the God in God's green earth, but the way he... Now, I've said it before, there's probably something going on that's making his... that made his body the way it is. Vince loves Jinder Mahal. That's fine. Vince has his guys, and Triple H has his guys. But to make the... This is the WWE Championship. Austin, Rock, Cena, Batista, Triple H, Hulk fucking Hogan, Shawn Michaels. This is the title that they carried for months and years. And now you look at the title and it's like, oh, it's there. I have not. Like no, no, Gender nothing got- to he got the jobber entrance on SmackDown this week. And I'm like, there's something wrong here when the, the WWE champion is not the most important thing on your show. Shinsuke and fucking Jinder is secondary to Shane and Owens. I was about to say that Nakamura and Mahal is not even the main event for the next show. It's the co-main event. They're not even in, they're doing them. They're not even doing that match in the cell. It's a normal one-on-one match. The main event, Hell in a Cell match, is Shane and uh, KO. You got the Suns boss, and you have one of the top heels that should be the fucking champion. I don't get. They had better be putting the belt. If what I would do, listen, like John, they, they got to put the belt on Shinsuke first of all, like. I always hate saying stuff like, oh, if I was the writer, this is how I would do it. I'm not a writer. I don't book television. I don't have the right in any capacity to say this is what I would do better. I can't. But that, That's Adam Blompia's job. That's Adam Blompia's job. But I can say what I would like to see as a wrestling fan, because that's what I am. What I would like to see on SmackDown Live. Quite honestly, if a WWE writer came up to me and said, hey... What would you like to see? And I'm like, you're using all the right people. But I would like to see them show their teeth a little bit more. And I don't mean cutting, like, semi-racist promos. I mean, like, do what you did with Vince. Like, that level of, like, I won't say brutality because you can't get that violent on TV every week. Otherwise, it'll get boring. I'm saying show that level of thinking outside of the box. Have wrestlers... Do unexpected things. Have them break format a little bit. Do things that are unexpected. Maybe the bad guys could have a few shades of gray to them. Make them a little more interesting. Maybe the heroes could be a little more interesting. Like, like they've been doing such a good job building Kevin Owens as a convincing threat. Bring that level of conviction and character work to the rest of the roster. Like, flesh out, like, the fucking, there's shades of good stuff on SmackDown Live. New Day versus Usos. Owens versus Shane. Bring that level of effort to everything else. It kind of just feels like we're going to focus on one thing at a time here, and only one thing is going to get focused, and everything else is kind of suffering for it. But if you ask me what I'd like to see, I'd just like to see them try a little harder, maybe just put a little more effort into like the emotional resonance of every, of every segment. I'm not saying every segment needs to be the fucking festival of friendship. No, I'm just saying I wish every segment should have a point. And I just feel like every time I think to myself, well, what the hell was the point of that segment? It's not working in my eyes. Especially with the main event segments, those are definitely the ones 
that need to have something behind them because it's like, uh, okay, we get why Shane and Kevin are feuding, but it's like the title match is getting, eh. it's like, what the hell? Even Randy Orton and Rusev got something. They had Rusev day. It's like, what are you doing? Focus on everything. Give them it's time to shine that we're able to understand, okay, this is why it's going on. But when it's like they're top guys, and this is the title that, like Mike said, it's the title that's been held by everyone. And now it kind of means nothing. It's not even going to be defended on this big tour they're doing. The US What's title the point? Is, the U.S. title seems more important than the WWE title. I'm not just saying that it's because it's AJ Styles. It's the way they're presenting the champions. And like Ben mentioned before, Jinder got a jobber entrance on SmackDown because because as soon as they came back from break, there he is in the middle of the ring and he's about to cut another promo. No warning, God. no hype, just him standing there. And this is the WWE champion, people. This is the WWE right. champion, and that's the sad state of SmackDown Live. So. I think that pretty much does it on that note. Is there anything... So, other than that tonight, I think it's time to start bringing it to an end tonight. We had some lengthy discussions tonight, didn't we? They had to be talked about. Hey, we had to talk everything out. Like we said, we'll be at House of Glory Friday. It's going to be a great card. It's going to be a lot of fun. Already announced, it's going to be Amazing Red versus Ricochet. That's definitely going to be one to remember. It's going to be flying. It's going to be... Speed, it's going to be adrenaline, oh god, it's going to be a night. Also, it's going to be New York, by god, Wrecking Crew versus Da Hit Squad and what is sure to be fucking phenomenal, I'm sure. And we're also going to get the chance to sit down and talk to Chris Seaton, Smooth Blackman, the New York Wrecking Crew. It's going to be a very interesting interview, cannot wait to talk to those guys. And let's hope that, let's hope that that pesky Matthew Ryan Shapiro doesn't give us too much trouble Let's just let's just hope. But we have the law in our corner. Hey, I call I called him out. So Matthew Ryan Shapiro, you're listening. Listen, good brother. Oh, also, it's gonna be a good Friday. On, also on Friday, a rivalry gets renewed as Anthony Gingon defends his Crown Jewel Championship against Cashflow Ken Broadway. And also in the house on Friday will be the man called Vader. Gonna be God, new- that's going to be interesting. I'm just wondering, what are they going to do with Vader? But then, he's not only, it's not just going to be Vader, MVP is going to be in the house. MVP will be there. Also, Sonya Strong battles uh, Tessa Blanchard, who recently was competed in the May Young Classic, so we'll see what happens there. We find out also what's going to happen with the House of Women's title, because Rob Blatt is set to make an announcement, maybe possibly a tournament. Maybe winner of that match? Who knows? We'll Something's going to happen with that House of Glory women's title. We'll Hopefully something soon. Let's see what happens. So come on down. Come on down to House of Glory this Friday, the Queensboro Oak Sludge for Chapter 2. It's going to be a lot of fun. And guys, speaking of fun, it has been so much fun shooting the shit with these guys as I do every week. It has been a lot of fun. We got a good response to the last episode. Thank you guys so much for the quickest amount of downloads we would ever gotten in the history of the show. We broke 100 
in a night before midnight it even let out we just want to thank you guys so much thank you guys thank you guys so much doesn't happen too much but it makes us feel really good when we get that level of downloads and it makes us feel good definitely does and the fans thank you you guys so much so thank you for that so guys thank you again without you there would be no fucking show thank you so much to our sponsor this week capital wrestling don't forget to check them out on october 14th in Hoboken, New Jersey, 301 Garden Street. Bell, doors open 7 p.m. Bell time, 8 o'clock. Don't forget, it's going to be a lot of fun. And don't forget to use the promo code GAWP on their on the link uh, available on our website, available on our Facebook page, and you can go and find them for all those special deals. Go back to the beginning of the show, and you can re-listen to that commercial. Find all the juicy details about all the information on the card. Go to Capital Wrestling on Facebook and Twitter. Watch them not even put the commercial in for Gatling. I just forget Wait, what's the commercial, bud? I'll, I'll put the commercial in. Don't worry. And guys, thank you so much again for listening. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. So, Mike, where can they find where can they find this episode as well as all the other episodes? Well, thank you for asking. If you want to listen to our episodes, we're on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and Podcast. And Ray, where, and can, Ray, they- where can they get our shirt? Okay, can I answer now? Because we both wanted to jump to the question. Because I guess you two forgot, you can grab yourself a great GAWP shirt at tpublic.com slash thecopshow. Get any of the home milk shirts, the Avenging Ben shirts, my personal favorite, the Law Ray Ramundo shirts. Or you could get the current paper champion, Matt the Daddy Coffler. Fuck him, fuck him, fuck him, fuck him, fuck him, fuck him. One of his two designs and, I don't know, I guess burn it. Yes. Maybe yes. burning. Something's happening soon. <laughs> but yep, that's that's where you get our shirts. Buy one of our designs. More coming soon. New logos, old logos. Stuff is coming. Buy our merch. Buy our merch. Definitely buy our stuff, ladies and gentlemen. And once again, you can follow us on the General Admission Wrestling Podcast Facebook page. You can follow us at the General Admission Wrestling Podcast. And you can follow us on the Twitter machine at the G-A-W-P Show. Once again, that's at the G-A-W-P Show on Twitter. Guys, thank you once again for tuning in. We will not have a show without you. We'll be back next week with a review of HOG Chapter 2 and more wrestling news, both indie and more indie and WWE. Once again, we are the General Emission Wrestling Podcast, cutting through all the bullshit and getting right to the nitty-gritty of all the weird and wild world of professional wrestling on a weekly basis. I am Avenging Ben. Hold up, Mike here. And the law, Ramundo. Follow the law. And And Mike, come on, brother, say it. Join the madness. And you guys have an amazing night. We will see you guys. Riding around in the beat of July. Hey, dog, pros want a cop, but they are just not on me. I'm up in the club, stacking the dungeon, stuffing a lot. I'm hot like sauce. You soft like balsa. You ain't heard of me? Well, you probably are.